0: I am Dan.
1: Hi, I'm Jenny.
0: And this is Rookie Movie Reviews.
1: Dan, what do we do on this podcast?
0: We are burning through the top one hundred movies of all time as chosen by IMDB fans as of twenty nineteen, late twenty nineteen.
1: Christmas of twenty nineteen. Yeah. That's to be when, very specific.
0: Maybe even earlier, because the design had to be made and printed. What did we watch?
1: We watched Saving Private Ryan, a 1998 American war film.
0: And when did we watch it in relation to this recording?
1: <laughs> Last weekend. Oh, and yeah. What happened?
0: Well, when we recorded it the first time, we were both using our laptops to find information, and the frantic typing, drumming noises uh, came through crystal clear on the audio. So it was pretty um, difficult. To hear the normal noise.
1: Yeah it was terrible thumping when I was trying to edit it. Mm-hmm.
0: So here we are. Take two. Take two. It'll be even quicker because we forgot even more details of the plot.
1: Let me tell you I forgot a lot.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: I forgot more than I remember.
0: As long as we have trusty Wikipedia to tell us what happens everything is okay.
1: Thank you Wikipedia. Yes. So do you want to kick us off?
0: Yeah so the movie begins. This is, uh, by the way, Steven Spielberg, 1998, and I was reading on Wikipedia, and Spielberg was starting up DreamWorks at the time and stopped doing that to direct this movie, and once he became the director, Tom Hanks is like, okay, I'll do it. Uh, So Spielberg's involvement is what got Tom Hanks to sign on, which ended up being one of the best parts of the movie, Tom Hanks. Did you know that? No. I, it looks like you did. I didn't
1: know that. Is that in Wikipedia?
0: <laughs> That's Yeah, it's up near the top section of like, oh my general God. details.
1: Oh my God.
0: So the plot begins. We see an old man walking through a cemetery. Uh, it is the Normandy Cemetery, but whenever every time I saw it, I thought of uh, Arlington. You know, the very iconic military cemetery with white tombstones and all that. But
1: is that not.? There's one in DC as well, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and maybe Normandy Cemetery is a part of that cemetery.
1: No, it's in Colville-sur-Mer, Normandy, France. Oh,
0: okay. Well, uh, this old man is gone with his family. He goes up to a specific gravest- gravestone and falls to his knees in emotion. It is a pretty emotional start. Uh, Well, the very first scene is an American flag
1: waving. Yeah.
0: That is like the first shot. And then we see the old man walk through. We get a close-up on this old man's eyes, and then it cuts to a close-up of Tom Hanks' eyes, which is a clever little editing trick. It's like, oh, that old man (laughs) is Tom Hanks. Wow, this is trickery. Uh, (laughs) It's not Tom Hanks. Um, he is in a boat.
1: Where is that boat going, Dan?
0: It's going to Omaha Beach as part of the Normandy invasion. This is a really brutal sequence. It's a half hour long.
1: Did not feel like half an hour because it was so jam packed with terrible, terrible action.
0: Mm-hmm. Like the the traditional definition of terrible, you know, not uh, not poorly crafted, but
1: oh, right, yeah.
0: <laughs> just um,
1: wasn't on.
0: It was on. It was on. It was on as a thing. Um, I don't know. Everybody knows this sequence. It's one of the most famous sequences in movies. Um, The end point of this is that the Americans storm the beach. They take it from the Germans and we cut to a man lying dead on the beach with the name Ryan S. on his backpack. So one of the Ryan brothers died in this invasion. And to kind of sum up the opening scene as that, is doing a bit of a disservice. So if you have any comments about it, I'd love to hear them.
1: Uh, One thing about this movie makes me think about the gear that our, our boys have overseas. And girls. There's women in the army these days. And how much better their gear is. There are scenes where... I don't know if the helmets were still leather in World War Two. I know there were a lot of advancements between 1917 and 1944, but one guy gets shot in the head, which I believe is accurate, and it goes right through his helmet, which is mm. crazy. So.
0: I mean, that still happens. Yeah. There's the dependent upon the weapon, I don't think. It's like if you get shot with a pistol or some small...
1: No, handgun handgun calibers are pretty... They don't really pack the punch you think they pack. I mean, they're still guns. It's still shots, but it's not like an AR-15.
0: Yeah, versus like a giant sniper rifle that's just going to rip through anything. There's a scene in this invasion where a guy gets shot in the helmet, clings off, mm-hmm. and then someone's like, oh, you're lucky. He Tom takes Hanks it is... off. Yeah, and then he gets shot through the head again, and it's... It's like that's that's dark humor, man like that's mm-hmm. uh, which this movie is full of. but
1: you have to have gallows humor mm-hmm. I think to be a soldier. I, I, I have known I guess four soldiers two well your grandpa I'm off to five yes. I don't I'm not really <laughs> we weren't a military family. Dad was a hippie. Robert is he works for a cheesemonger now. <laughs> and then I think my uncle might have been in the reserves, but I don't recall. That doesn't matter. I don't so we both can say we don't know anything about the military, confidently. Yeah. <laughs> we we get lost. Any code words are like, oh, um Okay, interesting, interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically what's funny is anytime I watch a military movie and they're like Yes, Corporal. And they're like, thank you, Captain. It's like, I have no idea how these people are related. Would it make the
1: movie experience better to know what the ranks are between these people?
0: I think all it would be is like, oh, that dude was just a total dick to his boss. What a badass. And it's you get that vibe anyway if someone walks away all mad. It yeah. wouldn't make me more into the movie to know. It's like, that guy's precisely two steps up the ladder from the other dude. I'd, whatever, you know.
1: I should just leave the lid off my water bottle.
0: If you, Yeah. If you, I don't
1: know. Am I going to drink a lot?
0: Maybe. How dehydrated are you?
1: <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't drink. I drank like two sodas today. Very healthy. Um, And then we have the snack attack. And I realized mid snack attack, am I just thirsty? Because I haven't had any water yet today.
0: I feel like I could go for some water.
1: Well, here you go, bud. Thank you. Yum, right there, yum. That's uh, 18 ounces of fresh H2O. Oh, that's good Very stuff. Very nice. Yes. Wow. Thanks. You drank so much.
0: Too much? Was that weird? No, that wasn't <laughs> I wasn't trying to drink a ridiculous amount.
1: No, it was just a good suckle. Back to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this Ryan S is dead and we cut back to washington dc and we see a bunch of women typing because that used to be a woman's job being a typist and it was much like cooking cleaning what else do women do what can women do
0: uh women can do anything johnny crying yeah getting emotional
1: where's the crying department (laughs) anyhow oh sorry i got (laughs) <laughs> we, I don't think she even gets named but there's one woman who realizes that she's just finished sorting a letter for a Ryan boy and she has a thought and checks the pile of letters going out today and there are two more going to the same mom because three of her four sons have been killed in action pretty darn quickly and she tells a general uh, and then he gets full credit for it and uh isn't that isn't that the way of the world patriarchy don't even know that woman's name maybe he found it out maybe this was just different exposé within the movie maybe spielberg is like well there aren't any women in this film how do we pass the uh gosh what's that test where two women talk to each other the Bechdel test Bechdel test
0: and this does not pass it
1: <laughs> i don't think we hear a woman's voice at all
0: no <laughs> well um You know, I bet the mother and daughter that are in war-torn France. Mm -hmm. uh, I bet that they talk about how scared they were for their lives, which is not about a man. Ah, so two women they they talk. There you go. Ta-da! It's a different language, but counts. Yeah.
1: Anyway, then they meet with a higher positioned man.
0: I think
1: he's the general. Ah, and he reads a link, a letter, the Bixby letter from Abraham Lincoln that sends his sincerest regards to a mother who has lost four of her sons, four or five of her sons. Mm-hmm. And he cannot comprehend her grief, but he thanks her for her sacrifice. And while he's reading this letter, he puts it down and starts reciting it. So that was a good bit of movie making to show that he has read it so many times he has it memorized
0: and isn't it kind of funny to think like Brian Cranston is in the scene as the guy that passes off the message? He's probably like, again with his fucking Bixby letter, he reads it every day <laughs> and now it's finally relevant. And he's probably just so stoked that he gets to recite it and say, like, this is what I base my entire military career off of. This is the letter. And then uh, it's gets to really slam it home. I do agree. It's a good point of movie making. Just kind of... It's like, what are the odds that this guy has a copy in his desk and it's the most important thing to him? And it's like, holy cow. Three of four are dead? Let's, oh, boy. Let's get down to business,
1: fellas.
0: <laughs> Send out the troops.
1: Send out the troops to rescue James Francis Ryan, who is with some airborne division, but they have no clue where. They're pretty sure it's in Normandy. And so they don't know where he's going to go, but the general orders that Ryan is found and returned home to his mother.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a nice little interim scene in here, and nice nice, uh, well-included but sad, of the soldiers delivering the news to the mother. So one of the questions throughout the movie is, Is it worth it? A lot of people die in the effort of saving Private Ryan. (gasps) That's (laughs) that's the
1: title of the movie. Yeah.
0: So one of the questions throughout that everybody's asking is like, fuck this dude. Like, our friends are dying to get him. And then I think it's a wise choice by the director to include the scene of the mom getting news of three of her four sons dying so you are there in that moment to say like, It's not so easy as uh, one for one, you know, what is the value of this entire lineage, this entire family versus, you know, the. It raises a lot of good questions.
1: What if they were all clan members? (laughs) The movie doesn't touch on that. What if they have just like huge racists?
0: That'd be a great twist at the end where you're like, damn, those are really. This is a tough thought. And then he like goes to a cross burning and you're like, ah, shit. It was for nothing.
1: I went over to Europe to join Hitler.
0: (laughs) Luckily, we don't know. Wow. If uh, Private James Ryan is a a client member, the movie decides to exclude that. I hope he's not. (laughs) What a thought.
1: Okay. Go ahead. (laughs)
0: Okay. So three days after D-Day... What is uh, that? D Day.
1: What? What? I've never heard of that before.
0: It's um, the scene in the beginning. What is
1: D? What's the D?
0: Um, can't think of something funny. I don't know. What's D Day? You You tell me a funny <laughs> D word that this could be. <laughs> oh, it's Damn Day. Oh, it's my day. Nice. Three days after my day, I'm claiming. I'm claiming you autonomy over the most June sixth. That's stuff.
1: coming up. <laughs> well, wow. was it more horrific than the fire bombings in Hiroshima? Or or Hiroshima?
0: Uh, comparatively, probably not. No. Yeah.
1: Because those were civilians.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> what am I? Just, you, you got me. Yeah, I, it. I said it was bad and you did find something worse. <laughs> so, congratulations. Three days after the fantastic D-Day, okay. Miller receives orders, Miller being Tom Hanks, receives orders to find Ryan, bring him back. He handpicks uh, uh, ten good men um, whose names I don't remember. You know The the names that IMDb gives us are Horvath, Rybin, Caparzo, Mellish, and Jackson, and Wade. Also, Timothy Upham. 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 Everybody remembers Upham. He's a bastard.
1: Bastard up a man.
0: And Caparzo is played by Vin Diesel, so I always remember him too. Um, But they head out to this town called Neuville. Neuville? A French name. Neuville. Neuville. They meet a squad of the 101st, which is Private Ryan's division, engaged against a bunch of Germans. Caparzo gets killed by a sniper during this, and the sniper is countersniped by jackson who's the squad
1: sniper and this is the scene with the french family for the Bechtel test
0: yeah this is a scene where they are going through it's war-torn europe you know there's a gunfire paul giamatti is there he is i think a different captain similar to tom hanks
1: oh he's not just there as the comedian paul giamatti
0: well, I think Paul Giamatti has had a robust enough career that he doesn't have to just be a comedian anymore. I He's only know very him. serious dramatic turns.
1: Well, I guess Big Fat Liar. Uh-huh. Sideways.
0: Which is like a dramedy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have for Giamatti?
0: Um, Saving Private Ryan.
1: Ah. Yeah. <laughs> he also does a lot for... Um... Not a lot, but I think he did the audiobook for My Favorite Murder. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is.
0: He's in this TV show that we haven't watched, but I've heard is really good, called Billions. Okay. and It's about uh, a hedge fund manager by um, who's played by the dude from Band of Brothers, that redhead guy, whose name I forget. And then uh, that guy plays a hedge fund manager who's very shady and does illegal shit. And then Paul Giamatti plays a a lawyer who's looking to bring him down and he's never lost a case. And it's just about, you know, super rich people getting embroiled in legal battles and everything. So that's kind of... that's dramatic. I don't know. That's his, That's ongoing. That's his current role.
1: He was also in... The Amazing Spider-Man 2, the one with Andrew Garfield.
0: Oh, yeah, he played Rhino. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, So Paul Giamatti is there. There's a French family. And this is actually a very serious scene because (laughs) the family is like, please take our daughter and our children. It's the American Army. You can protect them. We can't. Our home is blown up. Caparzo takes the daughter because the daughter reminds him of his niece, despite the protests of Captain Miller. Mm -hmm. and in the confusion all of a sudden he just gets shot from nowhere Mm -hmm. and uh, it turns into him slowly dying and bleeding out. He's trying to hand off a letter that he wants to be sent to his mom but it's covered in blood and they could not save him and this is where that question first arrives of is this worth it to save this one guy? We've already got the death of one person that we've gotten to know pretty well uh, over the course of the last... This is like 40 minutes into the movie, 40 to
1: 45,
0: uh, which is a two-and-a-half-hour, two-hour, 40-minute movie.
1: Yeah, so, super long movie.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of what happens there. They do find a James Ryan, played by Nathan Fillion, mm-hmm. but it is the wrong Ryan.
1: Uh, pretty funny sequence, yeah. Wow.
0: Um, the, the way they find out it's a wrong Ryan is Tom Hanks sits him down, and he says... You know, I've got to tell you, your brothers are, they're dead. There's no good way to say it. Starts crying, says that he was going to take him fishing when he got home. Asks how they died. And Tom Hanks says, uh, well, they were killed in action. You know, they're, they're all soldiers. And he's like, no, they're in grade school. <laughs> and uh, they realize it's the wrong Ryan from the wrong state. And their search continues.
1: Type. All right. So they leave Newville, go into Ramel, near Ramel, which is a fictional town that they. Oh, let me get closer for me. Ramel, eh. scoot, scoot. Okay, Ramel is actually a fictional town that they made up for Saving Private Ryan. Did you know that? That doesn't exist in France.
0: I didn't know that.
1: No, it's not in France at all.
0: Thanks for sharing.
1: It's not anywhere on any map. Set the map of your mind. (laughs) Okay, so there is a German machine gun position at a derelict radar station. And Miller's men don't want to go, but he says, hey, let's do it anyway. And Wade gets killed trying to take down this gunner. And they capture a soldier who killed him. And this is in the midst of their unrest regarding how many men have to die. So they're real worked up. They're getting excited to kill this German guy, and there's this really distressing scene where he is digging his own grave, and he realizes he's about to be shot and killed, and he starts saying American slang. Look at those gams. Mm-hmm. Betty Gravel, what a dish. And it's really distressing. Uphum has been buddy buddy with him. He's been like giving him cigarettes and offering him canteens, even though his—I keep wanting to say crewmates.
0: Yeah, yeah, his squad. I army, don't
1: know. army battalion. Yeah, the he's unit he's like, with. Yeah, says don't do that. That's messed up. But Miller decides to free him, which is good. G- get 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 louder! Oh God, get louder than that! Oh, God, how loud do I have to get? Oh, no.
0: You're just kind of dropped down do to this. What did I? Describe. Oh, no.
1: Oh, my God. That's how you have to record a podcast, though. <laughs> like, welcome to NPR. Yeah. <laughs> so the R- R- Rybin gets pissed, and he is losing confidence in Miller, and he says, I'm going to leave. And that makes Mike Horvath threaten to shoot him he's going to just get him the hell out of there. He's going to kill him for deserting. And then Miller diffuses the situation by by revealing what his civilian career was. And he was a high school English teacher. And the men had been setting up a betting pool over what it was. But he's nope. I'm just a English teacher. People over there would never have guessed what I'd be like over here. Yeah. And it's just about how the army changes a man and it's super sad and so Rybin decides to stay
0: yeah I feel like it's such an effective way of grounding this ridiculous conflict like do we or do we not execute this person who is a defenseless prisoner of war at this point you know we don't know him, and uh, everyone gets mad and then it's just kind of like holy shit like I was I'm supposed to be teaching English like I don't I don't want to play God, you know, and have these calls made like nobody should. And that's just such an effective way of saying like... War is hell. Look at how fucking crazy uh-huh. this is.
1: Yeah. And we didn't even mention this, but earlier in the movie, like in a really, like they're trying to be funny scene, two two soldiers at the captured area are raising their hands and saying something. And because we watch movies in subtitles, we can see that they're talking in Czech. And then two soldiers just shoot them Two American soldiers shoot them and one muses, "What do you think they said?" And the other guy's like, "Oh, mom, I, look, I washed my hands," mm. and they're having a big yuck about it. And yeah. those weren't even Germans.
0: And the oh, way oh, that oh. it's the way that it's set up is, I think. Respect the mic. Oh, that's uh, The way that it's set up, I think, is that after that happens, we cut to Tom Hanks, Captain Miller, seeing that, and I think that's kind of like ridiculous act of uh, war crime and then we cut to tom hanks just reflecting on how fucked things are you know there's a lot of emotional buildup into this scene in particular just because the medic wade oh geez the medic wade dies uh taking this machine gun and he's involved in two scenes earlier that kind of humanize him so much there's one he's transcribing the bloody letter from caparzo to actually send it to his mom because you can't send a blood-soaked letter to someone's family.
1: Yeah. And well, unless you're asking for ransom.
0: Yes, unless you're looking for a ransom, <laughs> then you don't want a blood-soaked letter. Uh, if you're trying to be human and connect, clean letter.
1: And then maybe uh, maybe an ear.
0: Yeah, send him Caparzo's ear. Say, That's know, what Van
1: Gogh did to the woman he loved. Don't keepsake. you love your family? <laughs> yeah. Maybe a couple toes. I mean, they raised you.
0: I thought it was universally agreed that that was a bad move by Van Gogh. That <laughs> was not recommended know. to show affection. Yeah.
1: They also said don't eat paint and don't don't paint brilliant things like Starry Night. And Look at him. Look at Van Gogh.
0: They told him that specifically. <laughs> like, no Starry Night. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs>
1: no redefining modern art.
0: And what was he Belgian? So he's like,
1: God. Ah, I think he was Dutch.
0: Dutch, I don't know. Van Gogh. So these scenes with uh, Wade the medic, like when he's transcribing this, he just goes into this story about how he, because he was thinking of his mother, because he was transcribing this letter for Caparzo's mother. He shares this story where his mom had to work late and she would always rush home because she worked two jobs and she wanted to see him, her son, uh, before she had to get up early and go to work the next day. And he knew that she did this, and he would still pretend to be asleep. Uh, And he would know that she was standing in the doorway and didn't want to wake him up. He's like, I don't know why I did that. And then later on, the same guy, like, he's just reflecting on these regrets he has. Like, what if I die? And I never get to, like, make that up to my mother. And then he's later on, they're at a downed airship where they're looking through dog tags to try and find... Private Ryan's dog tags, so they can end the mission and they're kind of like training it and making jokes about how many they have and like oh this one has a bullet hole through it that sucks for him haha ha. and he comes over and he's like the whole division is watching you sort through their friends bodies here pretty much it's fucked so we see the medic do these things and then he dies in a very brutal way he bleeds out he knows he's dying he asks for morphine um And then he asks for more morphine and there's a scene where everyone kind of realizes that, you know, he's asking to be killed with a morphine overdose so it doesn't hurt pretty much. And it's like, God, what a, like all of this emotional tension and uh, heaviness through this one character that isn't even really a main character, just a side character. And it's one of those things that's like, this is a really phenomenal movie that takes this... Deep look at who these people were and uh, like how they they feel and everything, and it makes you think about like the people involved in the war from a, from a military side. Uh, it, whew, just just really amazing, yeah. really amazing scenes, and this one is no exception. Where Tom Hanks rattles off his history, and he's like, "What the fuck are we doing? You know, like I don't want to do this mm-hmm. anymore. Nobody does." So just really emotional, really well made.
1: Very well made. Way to go, Spielberg. Okay. So you talked about how they're trading dog tags. This is the same scene where Miller finds out that Ryan is defending that bridge. So that's kind of a cutback cut back forward. After Ryan decides to stay at Ramel, they find Ryan amongst a small group of paratroopers. They're going to defend a bridge against a German attack. Miller lets Ryan know that all of your brothers are dead, and we want to take you home. Ryan's upset, but he doesn't want to leave, insisting that these new men, these soldiers, are his new brothers, and he can't abandon them. Miller decides to stay, uh, combining what's left of his unit with what's left of the paratroopers, to defend the bridge. Mm-hmm. And he is going to ambush the enemy, being the Nazis. Uh, isn't that crazy? They're just calling him the Germans. I wonder if they didn't call him the Nazis in World War Two. I don't know. In any case, he's going to use machine guns, Molotovs, mines, satchel charges made of socks, <laughs> to defeat the Germans.
0: Yeah, it's a very hodgepodge type of defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a, a sequence where he's trying to convince Ryan to abandon the post, you know, mm-hmm. and come home. And I think it has to be a joke by the writer's part or a jab at war in general, where Ryan says, "My mom will understand, like that. I gave my life to defend like what's important. I'm not leaving this bridge." And it's like, okay, your mom lost three of her sons and is going to lose the fourth. I don't think she'll care that you got to keep a fucking bridge. And the fact that Ryan is so emphatic about it kind of shows like, you know, he's young. He's he's very naive, doesn't really understand shit, which is tragic to see. But also feels like very pointed criticism in general. You know? Yeah,
1: it feels like a criticism. It does. But it's not.
0: If it right? Is it? I don't know. No. I'll, I'll talk <laughs> we'll talk about, about it at the end.
1: Too. Yeah. So the Panzer division arrives. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to talk about no, this? No. Panzer, being the Germans, arrive with tanks, tank destroyers, and a full infantry.
0: Should loads of guys.
1: Just a lot of men, and they do they do a lot of damage, and nearly all of the paratroopers are killed. Including uh, Horvath, Jackson, and Mellish, who are miller men.
0: Mm-hmm. Our main guys.
1: Our main guys. Upham, he's a mo- he is too afraid to do anything helpful, and he's not bringing any of the rounds that he promised to bring to the men who are trying to fight the Germans, so they die. Upham sucks. Miller tries to destroy the bridge, but he gets shot by the same German soldier that Upham insisted on saving. Miller crawls to get the detonator anyway, and fires, doesn't go off, but uses his pistol anyway at a tank, fruitlessly. As the tank reaches the bridge, an American... P-51 Mustang, and this is from Wikipedia, I don't know planes, flies <laughs> overhead and destroys the tank. And an American armored unit arrives to get the rest of the Germans. And the Germans are on retreat. And Upham comes out and shoots the German prisoner of war. Because he sucks.
0: Yeah, the movie kind of presents it as... A real, like It's so conflicting, because... Upham is like immobilized by fear during the battle, and that results in the death of his colleagues, I I guess, you know? Well,
1: yeah, so Upham is supposed to be this callow little baby duck. He's never Mm. seen action, he's just there as a translator, and he insists on humanity, and he says, We're fighting, uh, because it's it's right to fight for your country. He even recites the poem. god ours is not to reason why ours is but to do or die which is like a pro-war poem poem Mm -hmm. and he kills the one man he decided to save
0: yeah and the reason it's so conflicting is because he's the one who advocated for why it's right to go after private ryan and why it's right to let the german prisoner go and not murder him and he's kind of the The humanity left, because everyone else is super callous and like, let's fucking murder this guy. Why do we need to go save this dude? He's just one dude. And then, you know, at the end, he has a failure of courage, so to speak, where he can't go save his...
1: (laughs) That's a much nicer way to put it. (laughs) I should probably stop. You know, swearing takes away the effect of words. (laughs) You You can use more words to have more meaning.
0: So, (laughs) then at the end, like, I think, I think it's supposed to be that the movie is saying, like, war will ruin even the most wholesome person. Like, he, at the end, commits murder, and it's tough to kind of read, is this supposed to be an instance of, damn, he also has fallen. You know, he is also, listen, or is it supposed to be like... He is taking back what is his in the US Army, like, because he murders the guy that the Captain Miller let go. And Captain Miller lets him go, results in his death. And Upham is like, fuck this. So I don't know how it's supposed to be interpreted. And the reason that I don't know is because of the ending of the movie. But what happens is that Miller is dying on the bridge from his gunshot wound. Private Ryan comes up, very tearful, and Miller says, you know, earn this uh, opportunity. Which is a great scene. Yeah, fantastic scene, great delivery. Uh, Both of these uh, two actors are very, very emotional. It cuts back to where we were at the beginning of the movie. Um, We see that the old man from the cemetery is Private Ryan. Whoa! And he goes to the grave of Captain Miller and says... To the grave, you know, I hope that I have lived up to your standards. You know, and I hope that uh, your life to save mine was worth it. I hope I earned it. Yeah. His wife comes up and uh, he asks her or begs her to tell him that he's a good man and had a good life. It's really, really tear-jerking. Makes me feel a bit emotional just thinking about it, even though we watched it like a week ago. And then... He stands up and salutes the grave, and a shot of the waving American flag imposes over his face, and the movie ends on the American flag waving. Uh, And that's the end of the movie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, well, we kind of spent a long time, and I'm kind of happy to be re-recording this, because I can say it more succinctly. This movie is weird. Yeah. Because every story of every side character is about how... War has ruined them, how war has made them callous, how war produces violence. And regardless of the cause of the war, there is inarguably horrific things that happen on both sides. More horrific on one side, but horrific on both sides. (laughs) Like there's murders of uh, like committing murder and all that happens wantonly throughout the movie but then the end of the movie and mm-hmm. the beginning is like american flag baby yeah like this is america and i want to say it's like the ultimate final joke like that's america like in a modern reading it's like yep that's america you know violent war there's murder
1: could almost um, play the curb your enthusiasm <laughs> music over it yeah.
0: but then um I was talking about this with a friend of mine, and he said, you know, Dan, in 1998, people really loved America back then. So when this movie came out, everyone was like, yeah, wow, what a sacrifice made for this country. So it's it's a weird tonal dissonance between everything that happens and the very last shot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to reckon with. Um, I wonder what a take would be from an older American, even. Then from us, I wonder if
0: most of the old Americans I know are pretty racist and uh, not really tuned into the modern read, <laughs> you know.
1: What does racism have to do with this?
0: Just like uh, I guess that's a, a different way of saying they're connected to older ideals. you know.
1: You sing all Americans. Who believe in America are racist?
0: No, no. I did cut you off though, so I'm <laughs> Let sorry. Let me go
1: get my Trump 2020 plan. <laughs> 2024. Uh,
0: where, where were you kind of going with the take on the older folks? And like, what is their take?
1: Well, yeah, because nationalism has certainly died out within the past 20 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is tied to racism on a broader scope. Yeah. So I'm just razzing you.
0: Razz me. What are what are some standout moments for for you in this movie? What
1: uh, when Upham shoots the German after he's happy to see him? Yeah, he's like up <laughs> <laughs> It's messed up. So I don't know. Why do you think this movie's in the top one hundred of all time?
0: I mean, the acting, the writing, <laughs> the the direction is good. One of the when, whenever I think like what is good direction, I don't know. Yeah. But there is a moment where when they're taking the machine gun hill, mm-hmm. when the medic dies, we watch that whole battle from way far away from Uppin's perspective through a scope. He's mm-hmm. not even holding a gun. He's just looking through a, a gun's scope. And like we never are in the moment. And it's like, well, we've already we were already in the moment for a half hour at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. We don't need to do that again. There's more ways to view a battle. And I think that decision to be more withheld at that point, uh, is an example of, like, good directing. That's not just bashing you in the face with, you know, look at this cool shot I came up with or whatever.
1: Yeah, okay. I would agree. direction. This movie got beat out by Chicago for Best Picture.
0: Yeah. I've never seen Chicago.
1: We, maybe it's better.
0: Have you seen it? or <laughs> no. Are you just familiar with the...
1: I'm just familiar with the score because it's also a Broadway show.
0: Mm. What about you? Why do you think it's top 100? You have to pick a different example. Because Tom Hanks is in it. Yeah, just so, because.
1: Yeah, he's also in the Green Mile, which is you know top one hundred. Toy Story, top one hundred. Um, Shawshank Redemption. The the guy who's in it kind of looks like Tom Hanks. Oh
0: yeah, I was gonna say. Wait a minute. I nodded emphatically and then like wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Big. That's not in the top one hundred. No,
0: but he's in the movie. He's in
1: Big. Okay. Uh, what else is he in? He's in um, Joe versus the volcano.
0: Ver- Whoa. Deep Cop, what is that? I've never heard of that. It's a man who
1: goes to vacation in Hawaii and he gets sacrificed to a volcano, and that's Tom Hanks. He's also in that Fish movie. Fish Wishers.
0: Fish Wishers? (laughs) Let me check it
1: Tom Hanks' Fish movie. Oh, Mermaid might be a better.
0: Tell me more about Fish Wishers.
1: (laughs) He's in Splash. (laughs) (laughs) Fish Wishers.
0: Is that a is that a movie at all?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: That's a really good
1: title. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's good. It's a good movie. It's got some weird sentiments that I have aged well, but also haven't aged well.
0: Yeah. It's time has recontextualized the whole thing, kinda.
1: Yeah, if there weren't if there weren't those American shots, bang, bang, it would be a great criticism on war. Yeah. I think, I've said this before, I think any war movie is an anti-war movie.
0: It has to be, to be <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Well.
0: Rated on three? Yeah. One, two, three, nine. three. Nine.
1: Oh, that's why
0: we wow. rated it the first time. But no
1: one will ever know, because we were type-a-type-a-type-a-type-a. Type-a, type-a, type-a
0: cool well uh thanks for listening
1: yeah
0: and goodbye
1: bye like comment subscribe go to our website find us on twitter
0: you want to play us out
1: yeah